uh, I guess a little bit unconventional kind of service today. It's the first of the year. Got a few things to, to let you know, and um, we will be receiving communion together. If you did not receive one of the communion cups before you came in, our ushers will, will get those to you. And also to let you guys know at home, if you want to uh, join us toward the end of the service, you can go ahead and prepare some of your elements there at home. I want to let you know that next week we're going to have a baptism. So we'll be doing a little bit of teaching on baptism. I love baptism Sundays because it's... Uh, you know, it's just the, the word just being lived out and played out. And we'll be talking about that next, next month. Also, you may have, uh, may have noticed I'm wearing a jacket. Do you know why I'm wearing a jacket? Because my mom's here. <laughs> you thought, well, it's the first of the year. He's just starting, turning over a new leaf. No, my mom's here, you know. When, uh, but we're, there she is. Uh, she's a little lower than the rest of the, the people. Raise, raise your hand. She's, she's back there. That's my mom. Uh, many of you guys have not met her. and You may have heard some of my, my stories about some of my upbringing. I just want you to know when you, when you see her, she's very sweet and everything. Uh, I knew her when she was five foot tall, okay? She may be a less than that now, but I knew her back when the day when she was a full five foot, so don't let that fool you. Also want to welcome uh, our missionary from Guadalajara is here, Wendy. Wendy Reyes, would you like to come up and greet the folks and maybe give a little bit of, tell a story or two on Pastor Miguel and Cadmiel? Good morning. It's good to be buenos here. Dias. Yeah, buenos dias. ¿Cómo están en este día? Bendecidos. That's how we actually begin every service. How are you today? Blessed? Everyone says blessed and shouts it. So are we blessed today? Blessed. Amen. Well, it's good to see you all. It's always wonderful um, be around home, family, friends, and always seeing new faces. That's a good thing, too. And um, just want to say, before I forget, everyone sends their greetings and their love from Faith Church Guadalajara. For those that you do, I think everyone knows, but for who doesn't know, Faith Church is the daughter church of the church here, and we are just so blessed to have you all as part of our family, and really, I, I, am, I don't have anything prepared. I just want to share a little bit about what's been going on this year. Um, I think the last time I was here, last Christmas, wasn't it, this year? I think so. I was sharing with you a little bit about the pandemic and how it affected us, and actually, we were told we weren't going to be able to even to praise in our services. And that was like, how could that be? We weren't able to sing. Well, I want to tell you something. We've been singing. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't been quieted. We've been praising the Lord. We did have um, about eight months where we had to close, close down legally as a church. Um, so it feels like we're doing a restart. And with this new year, we're excited about what's, what God's going to do. Um, just to share with you a little bit of what's been happening throughout the past year, off and on, when we were allowed to be available and open. And when we were closed down, we were in, in online and praying from our homes. But um, we've been blessed to have a few teams come through, and we've been using them, hands and in action. They're the hands and feet of Jesus. And we were able to have a team that came from Hawaii, and they ministered in the dance. And beautiful. They actually portrayed the Bible beginning to end through like 10 different dances. So we took that out onto the streets, and, um, you know, open air, we were able to do that <laughs> and just share the gospel that way. So that was really neat. We were able to go to an orphanage 
We um, have connections now with uh, an orphanage of girls, all girls, and it's Christian founded. And so really, they know who Christ is, but they just, oh, they just, just were so excited to have visitors and just to be loved on. And so it was wonderful. They did, um, I didn't dance, the team did. They did, um, what do you call it, workshops for dancing. Forgive me, sometimes I forget words in English. But anyways, they did dance workshops. I just helped in translating. But it was just so special to see the, the kids um, receiving that love. And um, we were able to do the children's uh, ministry, kind of like a vacation Bible school, similar to that. So we're excited to be able to open up again for the community. We couldn't do that till after August because that's when the kids, the schools opened back up. They were closed all this time. And so that was real exciting. Even after the pandemic, we had about 30 kids. So that was really exciting. We want to keep doing more ministry. Um, we really feel like God is moving in the community. Um, one thing that really has struck it is is that we've really tried to reach out and it's like a wall you know you're beating at that wall and brick by brick it's coming down and breaking through i think it's spiritually happening um we aren't seeing the numbers but we we know that it's not about numbers it's about doing god's will and that's what's kept us going and that's what's encouraged us to know that we're doing what god said to do and we're going to be a light in that community and reach them so you all thank you for your prayers because i know that you've been praying hard I hear, I, I have connections, and I know that you all have been praying, <laughs> and we appreciate it so much. And like John was sharing this morning about the support, how important that is. You know, what you're giving is what's allowing that to happen in Guadalajara Faith Church, Mexico. Um, I don't know, what else could I share? There's, there's been so much going on, and, but like I said, it feels like a restart. It feels like a restart of the church, and we're just looking forward to what God's going to do this coming year <clears throat> and we're excited that there's a team coming um young adults and uh, we're gonna be doing a lot of children's ministry and we're excited about that and we feel like also that the lord's been saying that we need to act in faith you know like i said it's not about the numbers so we're not looking to circumstances but we're looking to god and one of the things that we've been doing is preparing uh the church getting it more fixed up, painting and doing things like that and um, reorganizing things in some ministry areas. Pastor Miguel's done some discipleship classes, preparing leaders and getting us all ready for what's coming because we need to be ready. God's saying, if you believe it, you're going to act now. You're going to take that step of faith and you're going to move now. And, and I feel like that's what God's saying as our church body. And so I just want to just say thank you all. Thank you all for what you're all doing and partnering with us because we're together in this kingdom and this kingdom move and we thank you for that and we just love you and just we just um are excited we're excited because god has us working together and so i think that's all i'll say today okay so thank you wendy's lived there for about 25 years so that's why uh we tease her when she tries to communicate sometimes, and she uses words, and we're like, what? Just, she says, is that not the phrase? Like, nope, not at all. <laughs> but uh, uh, one, of the, one of the things that has made it more difficult, naturally, the, the pandemic down there. Church, we literally, deliberately moved it to the La Perla community, which is a lower-income um, 
community, and it's near the hospital where we do hospital ministry. We have our Isaiah House ministry. We happen to do it on the grounds of a hospital parking lot. Well, we do the same thing down there in Guadalajara. We just call it hospital ministry. And uh, just about when things were kind of gearing up and getting going, you know, nearly two years ago, then the, the pandemic, you know, happens, and it's been, it's been difficult. But we're, we're faithful because our God is faithful. And, uh, you know, continue to pray. It's, it's very encouraging when, when you're able to go down there. We've got a team from the church coming, the young adults group, going down in March. And uh, whether they paint anything or do anything, just to go down there is just such an encouragement. And I would encourage any of you guys, they would welcome you if you want to just go down just to, just to sit in, the, in a chair and worship with them or, or help them do some of the ministry. It would be very, very encouraging. But do pray for them. Well, I, I want to tell you... Um, as we begin this, this new year, you know, it gives you opportunities to kind of reflect, you know, on the previous year and, and think about the, the year going forward. And I, I do want to say on behalf of uh, my wife, Rosanna, and I, we are just so thankful uh, to be part of this church. We're so grateful for all of you. We appreciate so, I mean, the work that so many do that many of you would never, ever know ever happens. There's just little things that people say, you know what, I think this would be an improvement, or I think this would be a, a good thing, and, and they just do it, whether it's financial or whether they see something around the property or in ministry, and we're just so, we're so blessed to, um, to serve alongside of you guys, and it's, it's, a, real, it's a real privilege. Uh, I know most of you guys, my wife Rosanna, she's there with the, the cute hat on, she always looks good in that. You know, she wears a hat, and people say, oh, cute hat. You know, I wear a hat, and people go, why are you wearing a hat inside? <laughs> I guess I just don't have one of those. She'll admit it, too. I don't have one of those heads for a hat. But, but uh, she's the, the beautiful part that, uh, that is uh, my, definitely my better half, and I appreciate her and all of her encouragement. I would not do, could not do what I do without her. But, you know, as a church, we have much to be thankful for. We have much to give glory to God for and to praise God in the middle of pandemics and everything. I mean, there are some churches, unfortunately, been rattled and, and, and closed. We have, um, we've been blessed. <laughs> we, we determined from the very beginning we're not going to be shaken. Um, well, what happens when people aren't giving? Uh, you still have bills to pay. There's, I mean, there's, there's very little that changes when people aren't physically here as far as costs and things like that. But I'll, I'll have you know that our, our board, we looked for ways to bless others. We looked for ways to bless other churches. We, look, we started figuring out what can we do here in the local community? How can we keep people employed? What can we do? We spent more money. We gave more money. We gave, we increased our giving to Israel. That's another uh, ministry that John probably didn't mention. I don't know what we gave him last year, probably close to $20,000. But, you know, that's, those are just, there's things that, that don't benefit us directly. But it doesn't cancel the seed that you sow. Because that harvest is coming. It's not that we're giving to get. It's just that it, it, it's fun. No farmer plants a seed expecting to just get a seed back. That would be foolishness. He is expecting a harvest back. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we're sowing in good soil. We're sowing into the kingdom. And we're changing people's lives. And that is much to give glory to God for. And I'll have you know that uh, we just had a board meeting not too long ago. And in that board, um, 
you know, we don't focus on finances because we don't need to. We just give it all to God. But we, we do kind of need to know where we're at. One of the things we, we did talk about is we do have a, a large mortgage on this place. Uh, we determined that we're going to see this place paid off. We're increasing. Uh, some of you guys are giving directly to the building fund. We're, we're adding to the, the principal. And we're going to pay this thing off. And we, we saw that, um, asked the treasurer to get us some numbers, that do you realize that during the pandemic, the first year, our finances went up about 15%? I mean, I was talking to some of my pastor's friends, and, and, and some of them were getting the PPP loans, and, and attendance was, was off. And, and, of course, finances, I'm like, we're doing well. <laughs> Last year, another 15%. We're We're blessed. And we want to give God glory for that. Can we just give God a praise offering? The Isaiah House ministry never missed a beat. You know, we thank all of you guys who, who give online. And um, I, I, can, I can just tell you, nothing's wasted. You know, and we're, we're a pipeline. And we love to give. And you guys love to give. And it's, it's fun to be around generous and grateful people and that's what I, I kind of want to we're not going to talk about that today but but the, the Holy Spirit was just uh, been showing me and Rosanna and I we've been having our conversations our devotionals in the morning and and just like wow I just really feel this this next year you know we might see some more crazy stuff you know everybody's like oh I just want to get rid of 2020 it's like hey you haven't seen 2021 what's going to happen 2022 I, I don't care it's not going to shake us as the Lord spoke to us, it's all temporary. He's building in us. He's chosen us. He's selected us. He's building in us. But we're just thinking, you know what? We have so much to be thankful for. And this year, we're going we're gonna to see, Holy Spirit has shown us that through our gratitude and our thanksgiving, um, he's going to show us more. He's going to take us. He's going to take us there. He's going he's gonna to show us more than we've ever seen. And some people that we're going to encounter, they're going to find themselves in a very dark place. And I want you to be reminded as, as a member of this church, um, you're, you're part of what we're doing here. You know, there's a corporate thing that happens here. And there's going to be people in your life that you encounter, the Lord was just showing me this, that, that they're in darkness. And, and they might even be a, a believer, a Christian. They may not, may not be a sinner. They might be a Christian and just find themselves in a, in a dark place or during dark times. And we may go through some dark times. But it's through our thanksgiving and through our gratitude we're going to produce a light that draws them in. And God has answers for people. And there's people in, in your lives that we just whiz past. Maybe it's in the workplace or at the marketplace or whatever. And we just go right past. And, and I know God wants to speak to them. So I believe as we focus in and we, we appreciate and we're thankful and we're loving and we're grateful for one another, that that will open up our spirits and that will cause an avenue. You know, that person that you're like, oh, I wish I could just talk to them about Jesus. This is going to create that, and you're going to, you're going to see that this year, that, that when we start to, to um, apply this in Scripture and open up our, our spirits, it's going to open up avenues. It's going to reveal things to you, and God's going to use it. And those people that are in dark places or facing dark times, they're going to see a light in you that they weren't seeing quite as bright as before. And we're supposed to be 
light. We're not supposed to be um, like, a, you know, hidden. We're supposed to be, boy, you know, flamboyant and out there and like a light on a, on a hill, not in a valley hidden. Not like, well, we're just trying to be incognito. We're not supposed to put a, a jar on the lampstand. We're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be the salt, right? We're supposed to season. We're supposed to be different, We're not supposed to just blend in, hey, everybody's the same. There's no difference between male and female. Forget all that garbage. No, you're an individual person that God knew before you were in your mother's womb. He knows how many hairs are on your head or the lack thereof. (laughs) He might be more concerned than you are. No, But, (laughs) but God knows us. You're unique. You're special. And as his people, as his church, we're very unique and very special, and we're supposed to shine. We're not supposed to fly under the radar. You may be persecuted. Good. That means you're doing something right. And we're going to do that. We're going to seek the Lord, and we're going to be grateful in our thanksgiving and in our gratitude. I believe we're going to see the building paid off this year. How about that for a bold statement? Not too big for God. He, he might just make a few of you all millionaires because you're tithers and givers just to take care of it that way. He gives seed to the sower. He knows who to put it. He knows who to trust it with. And clearly, he keeps entrusting us with much and more, and we're so grateful. We're so thankful, and it is a, a joy and an honor and a privilege to be with you guys here today. And um, if, if you know one of our leaders and people who do, just, just thank them. Just, just be grateful and we'll, we're going to teach on this a little bit, not so much next week, but in the, in the coming. But just start practicing that. Get a little head start on what we've got for this year. And just start practicing that. That, that person at, the, at the, the fast food line, hey, thank you so much. Good morning. When they're right ready to take your order. Inter- interrupt their, their day. Oh, didn't expect that. Wow, someone's so nice. Someone's so grateful. Thank you for doing such a good job at what you do. It'll change things. You'll see. Well, I just want to open up in prayer real quick before we get into the, to the message. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this year. We give you this year. We dedicate it to you. And, Lord, as we get into the word and, and uh, what the things that you have for us today, we just open up our spirits. We open up our hearts. We, we full belief and full faith in your word that it is true. It is for us to renew our minds. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Well, you know, it, it is that time of the year. You know, really not much changes. We, we change our calendars and your phones and all of a sudden, oh, I was writing a check or writing this thing and I used the wrong date or whatever. Big deal. Not much really changes, but it does, as I said, gives us that opportunity to kind of reflect, kind of look at things differently. And, you know, a lot of people yesterday made New Year's resolu- resolutions. Maybe you were, you were one of those. But I, I got to tell you, looking at some statistics, by midnight tonight, do you realize that more than, more than 25% of them will have failed? One day, right? Um, by, I think it's, um, by the end of the first week of February, 80% of all New Year's resolutions will have failed. Now, overall, when verified with some honesty, honesty statistics show that only 8% will actually continue after 30 days. So apparently some of these studies, they do some little blind questioning that reveals they're lying, right? Um, But 8%, that's pretty poor. 
right? That means after 30 days, 92% are out of the game. Now that's pretty, uh, why, do, why do you think that is? Why do people fail? Well, I think it's, it's hard to fix something at the same level that it was created at, you know? And I think we're trying to go about things in the wrong way. Often our, our way of, um, that we process or we deal with things kind of results in less than desirable behaviors and unhealthy uh, habits. It, it's really, if you think about it, those things are just a proof they, they prove that we're not dealing with it. We're not processing it well. Because, well, that's kind of my thing. That's just kind of my, how my coping mechanism. Isn't that just proof that you're not handling it? It's proof that we're not processing these things. Now, the reason that we make these resolutions and, and fail is really at the root of it is because we're just not very good at dealing with hurts and, and uh, failures and fear and sinful desire, things like that. Um, they, they leave us feeling empty. And so we, we try to, to grasp at things and we try to escape or we try to fill things or we look for things to make us full. But we have to realize, especially as believers, as Christians, we were not created to understand. We were not created to, to manage these things. We, we were especially, we're never created to feel empty or not full or to fail. You know, Paul, Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 you know, he kind of lays it out there in the natural. He's saying, I purpose to do good, but I can't seem to carry it out. Have you ever been there? You ever like, man, I'll tell you, yeah, I'm driving home. Yeah, when I get home, I'm going to do this. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to, just like everybody purposed yesterday. He said, I purpose to do good, but I just can't carry it out. He said, the good that I desire to do, I don't do. The evil that I don't want to do, this I keep doing. What is wrong? He then says, man, I am just a wretched man. And he says, who's going to rescue me, this body, from this, this subject to death? And, you know, this, this is kind of beyond, like, wow, lack of, uh, uh, of, of a pep talk. You know, he's, like, giving up on New Year's resolutions and all that. He's, he's not saying, hey, you know, well, at least we can stay positive. You know, let's look at the glass half full instead of half empty. Paul knows. He knows who he is. He knows the teachings of Christ. So why is he saying this? He's, he's making a point here. He's recognizing the failure in the flesh that we all need to recognize. We need to recognize where we're weak. He's recognized the failure of the flesh, and he's directing us toward the need, if you would go on to chapter 8, for the desire to be in the Spirit. He's like, well, that's where I'm strong. And if you look at his other teaching, he's saying... Well, here I am, chapter 7, Romans chapter 7. He's like, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, this I keep doing. And then verse 1 in chapter 8, Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he talks in a powerful chapter 8. He talks about life in the Spirit. See, God created us in his image, and he blessed us. We, we just recently did a, a series about the blessing. And he created us in his image, and he imagined us living a life in the full. He imagined us with only the life that he imagines, which is the kind of life, the Zoe kind of life, that he lives himself. That's what he imagined for us. Now, if Jesus, the Son of God, is your Savior... You have to realize that you've been forgiven, you've been made new, and the Holy Spirit of 
God chose and he lives and dwells in your spirit. That's that new creation part of you. Your spirit, man, is what's been made new. This flesh, uh, it, it still got some problems. This, this soul, your mind, still need, in need of saving and renewing. But the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of you, gives you the same power that Jesus had. Paul said the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives now in you. Now that's powerful. Why don't we tap into that? Why are we trying to make these New Year's resolutions? Well, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat better. And we're, we're trying to attack and we're trying to, to figure out and do better in this life, which is fleeting compared to eternity. It's nothing. There's so much focus on this 80, 90, 120 years at best life, trying to fix it. And the ways we try to fix it are in the natural. I mean, it's just foolishness when you have the understanding that, that we have. We have the power to overcome these hurts, overcome the failures, any of the circumstances that would otherwise be on our control. And God has blessed us to live this life. So why aren't we living this life that we should be? Well, we are human. We do have this flesh to contend with. We are spirit beings, and, and God wants us to be walking in the spirit. He wants us to be in constant communion with him. Now, admit it, there's plenty in this world that takes away from you, that distracts you, and is constantly trying to keep you from that. There's times like, wow, when we're in worship, we're like, oh, your spirits are opened up. You know, some people are just standing there just, okay, is this song about over? But some are just really just like, wow, you open up your spirits and you're worshiping God, and you feel that connection. I mean, you almost feel it in your, in your flesh. That's the way we're supposed to be. That's what Adam and Eve had before they sinned. They had constant communion with God. There was, there was no lack. It wasn't even a, a concept. It wasn't until they sinned they were deceived that they understood lack and they realized that they were naked. Well, God doesn't want us feeling naked anymore. He doesn't want us to ever be, not a single moment, to be in the flesh because a moment in the flesh is a moment not in the spirit. But a moment in the spirit is not in the flesh. And in the spirit, that's where I'm saved. In the spirit, that's where I've been made powerful. In the spirit, I'm not weak. It's in the flesh. So that's why we need to do the things that refocus, whether it's the first day of the new year. Yeah, I've got to put God first. And a lot of people, they don't really understand, how do I walk in the spirit? Because it's not automatic. Well, I'm a Christian. It's not automatic. You have to purpose. So you have the soul and your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion, you get to choose. Am I going to walk after the things of the flesh or am I going to walk after the things of the spirit? Am I going to sow to the spirit or am I going to sow to the flesh? You get to choose. I'm not talking about whether or not your salvation comes and goes. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the walk that you live, the things that you're going to face today, tomorrow, next year, whatever, you have the ability to do it through Christ. And Jesus never failed. So I don't know about you, but I want to face everything knowing that I already have victory before I face it. How do we do that? How do we maintain? How do we get focused again? How do we, how do we realize and, and walk in the Spirit? Well, gratitude and thanksgiving, that gets you there. When you, when you start being thankful, you start praising, you opens up your spirit. We should never leave that. But... What I want to talk to you about today is fasting. 
Because sometimes you need a, a fast fill. You need to get filled up quickly. And we're not talking about speed here. We're talking about fasting that fills you, right? And um, I want to invite you as a church to join us in a 21-day fast that will begin on the morning of the 10th, January 10th, and go through the morning of the 31st. It's a 21-day fast, and it's important. If you've never fasted, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, about fasting. It may sound a little scary. I've heard about that. Uh, there, there's, I don't know, some probably some um, non-Christian fasting as far as part of like a diet or something. There is some physical benefits to fasting, but that's not why we do it. We do it to say, I'm in charge, God's number one, and I'm, I'm going to put down my flesh, I'm going to put down these things that have become distractions to me. I'm going to focus, I'm going to laser in on what God has for me because prayer and fasting, I mean, it's an effective way to, to fill up. You shouldn't be, as a believer, there's no reason you should ever walk around feeling empty or half empty. It fills you up, and it, and it quickly teaches you things, and it, and it tells you how to be in the Spirit and how to stay there longer. You can fast just one or two days and realize a difference of what it means to be walking in the Spirit because you'll be very, very aware that you've done something different in your lifestyle, in your diet, in your change, and it'll, it'll continually remind you. So we need to figure out these ways that continually keep us walking in the Spirit because let's face it, when you're walking in the Spirit, when you encounter something, you've got the answer. You've got the solution. You've got the, 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 the faith. You understand who you are. So prayer and fasting, it brings you answers that uh, you might be seeking. There might be people in this, this crowd today that are like, man, I, I'm just, man, I'll, I, that's great and all, but man, I'm, you don't know what I'm facing this year. A lot of changes or I needed some direction or answers. Fasting can help bring you the answers that you're seeking and bring you to a place where your, your faith works because you can hear. Now, you can pray. You don't have to fast to do these things. You can pray without fasting. But fasting without prayer is just a diet, right? It only benefits the flesh, and that's not what we're seeking here. Prayer and fasting is sowing to the Spirit and not the flesh because you're, you're seeking the Spirit of God. Now, we're spirit beings. We're created in his image. He's a spirit being. John 4.24 says that he is spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? Now, fasting, you have to understand, is worship of God. It is. It is faith. It's, it's, uh, it's one of the quickest ways to kind of cut through all the, the noise of life, if you will, and really hear from God. We've all been at those times like, I, I really need to hear from God. You might be watching today and you're like, wow, I, I needed this today. What's he going to say? Because I really need to hear from God. And we all get to those places at times. But you have to understand that fasting, it pleases God because it's an action of faith. Not because it's an action of the flesh, right? Hebrews eleven six 6 says it's, it's impossible to please God without faith. But it's an action of faith. It's an action of, of putting trust and faith in God. And that's what pleases him. So what is fasting? Um, maybe some of you have, have never fasted. You're watching. You don't know what it is. Fasting generally is doing without some level of food. Food is one of those things that is common to everyone, and this is a centuries-old um, practice, and everybody has to have food, 
right? So you could fast. It could be a, a particular meal. I'm going to skip a meal. It could be fasting for a length of time, a day or two days, three days. In our case, 21 days. You might be fasting a particular type of food. Well, I'm, I'm just cutting out all sugar. I know it's not good for me, and I want to I get rid of that. It's, it's got a, I've got a sweet tooth, and it just I see a, a bakery, and I just go there. It, it's got a hold on me, and I don't want anything to have a hold on me. And that thing becomes a reminder of why you're fasting, which reminds you, open up your spirit. Maybe it's um, meats. Maybe it's a, a, a regular food or, or whatever it is. But we also live in a, in a day, in a, in a time, in a culture that's very different than biblical times. And people haven't changed. Maybe things change, cultures change, societies change. But maybe fasting for the same reasons might include getting rid of certain activities like social media, television, movies, sports. For some people, those things are more common than food and they're more important than food. There's people that, that skip, um, they're late for work, they're late for life, meals, because they're so engaged in social media. Finding out what's going to happen, the news. Some people are like, whoa, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I've got to check in the news or the virus, the virus, the virus, the vaccine, whatever it is, and they're so consumed by that. Maybe that's the thing you need to fast. Back in the day, it was solely food. I mean, that was the, the form of fasting because that was the thing that was common to everybody, and that was the thing that, that really could distract or people could depend on. Now, clearly, it is different. So you may want to fast something that is... Um, you do on a regular basis that is habitual that tends to take up or occupy a, a lot of your, your flesh or your desire, and it might be a good idea to, to take a look at and evaluate. But w- why do we do it? Why, why this, this physical saying, no, 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 flesh or mind or whatever? The reason is a physical discipline, but for spiritual gain. It's for realization. See, a, a fasted life, lifestyle with prayer builds you up. It fills you. It prepares you. Prepares you for what? You don't know. But it's really, really difficult when you get smack faced with something. You're like, oh my goodness, I've got to pray. You ever had like emergency prayer time? That's not fun. Right? Who likes likes emergency prayer time? You know, catastrophic chaos is hit and oh, we've got to pray. I've got to like do a month's worth of prayer in like, like in two hours, right? That, that doesn't work. Fasting builds you up and it prepares you. What does it prepare you for? We don't know. But God will reveal things. When you're in prayer, when you're spending time in the word, he'll speak to you. You can be fasting and instead of eating or instead of social media, wow, I've got all this time. And, and you'll get into the word and he'll speak to you like, I've read that before, but I've never seen that before. Fasting will do that. It opens up your spirit. You have the spirit of truth. He'll guide you to all truth. He'll teach you, correct you, show you, teach you things that you've never seen before. Pray about what God has for you this year. Use this time. Pray for your church. Pray for your families. Pray for your pastors. It's in your best interest. You don't like what we're preaching? Pray for us. We'll preach exactly what you need. I promise. But let the craving of whatever it is that you're missing out on be that constant reminder to create that hunger for the things of God. It helps you make 
makes you spiritually strong. It, it, it uh, in areas of your life. There's areas of your life that you were weak. You didn't know you were weak. Fasting will reveal that, and it'll strengthen you and tell you where you've been weak and how that's been affected you. See, it elevates your spirit, and it puts down the flesh, and that's very, very important. In uh, John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. He said, The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. We're supposed to be full of spirit and life. That's how we're supposed to roll. You know, God sent his son into the world that, that you might have life and that you would have it to the full. It's Satan that's trying to steal from you. He's trying to take your joy or trying to kill from from you and, and, and the things in your life, put to death the things of your life. And, and he attacks you in just many, many subtle ways. The easiest, probably, to recognize, if you're honest, is in the areas of the flesh or in the soul, your, your mind, your, your emotions. Maybe it's through fear or depression. Whenever you feel like you're out of control, that, that you're not in control, that's probably the thing that, that he's attacking you with. And he's not obvious, you know, he's subtle. He appeared in the garden as a subtle as a serpent. And he works through the deceit. He works through the counterfeit. He'll put something from you that, in front of you that looks good. It looks real. But when you're fasting, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, can let you know that thing you need to stay away from. Don't, don't, don't go there. Um, you don't need to hang out with that person. And, and sometimes you're like, what is that? I don't know what that is. We get... Um, um, because of people watch online, we get emails and stuff, and uh, sometimes people will just have questions, counseling, or something like that. And I, and I got a, uh, I got a, uh, got an email. I don't know, maybe it was a few months ago. I think it was somebody like, "Hey, I'm struggling with pornography or something. Can can somebody call me or whatever?" And I tried to call, and I'm like, "Oh well, they didn't they didn't answer. Hey, call us back, whatever. Uh, we'll we'll talk with you." But then just the other day, I got another email. And it was saying, could someone um, contact me? I'm struggling with, with pornography. I don't know how to deal with it or, or whatever. And I started to just email the guy. And just as I'm about to email it, Holy Spirit says, don't do it. And I stopped. I'm like, why? Why would you not want to help somebody who's reaching out needing help? And he just said, it's a trap. Okay. Now, what did that mean? I, I can't tell you because I didn't do it, right? But I can tell you that the Holy Spirit will make things known to you that you would not know, right? I'm just going to try to help whatever I can do, right? But for some reason, Holy Spirit said it was a trap. Why could it be a trap? Deceit. That's the way the devil works. Who knows? Maybe the person was going to try to ensnare me or the church in some way or download. Who knows? But when you trust the Holy Spirit... You'll know to make the phone call, don't make the phone call. Send the email, don't send the email. When you're on social media, just delete. <laughs> I don't, you don't have to need the Holy Spirit, just delete. You know, whatever you're going to write is not going to help somebody. You're not going to change your mind, right? But, you know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Fasting keeps you alert. It says to stay alert. The devil is, uh, is, is your enemy, and he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, the Greek word for devour there means to swallow. He wants to swallow you up. Drown you is another word for it. Some people feel like they're just drowning in whatever it is that they're going through. Now, understand this. The devil can, cannot steal anything more than what you've given him or what you allow. He can't steal your salvation, but he can steal your effectiveness. 
He can get you so wrapped up into stuff that it steals your, your effectiveness and limits you. Things like fear and intimidation work very, very well. But he's trying to take your spiritual eyes off of the things of, of God and off of your trust and submission to God. And he knows. He knows your faith is powerful. But he also knows that doubt and unbelief hinder your faith. Jesus said that. If he can get you afraid, if he can get you focused on, on what you see and hear in the flesh, then most of his fight is over. He can, he can move on because you'll probably finish out the rest of it all on, your, all on your own. So often he just plants a little seed and we just run with it. We tell him exactly what, what's needed and, we, and he does it. But see, fasting opens up your spiritual eyes. It, it reveals the hidden things. It makes these things known these traps so that you'll understand them. Because there, there's times we find ourselves in difficult situations, maybe even no fault of our own. We might see some things continue um, in this country to get worse, and we might face some persecution that we never thought we'd, we'd face. We might be dealing with things that we only heard about in other countries. But no matter what the circumstances are or the situation, it should never shake us. It should never shake our faith or our submission to God. Fasting will help you learn to trust in him. It'll help you reach that place that you would, you would like to be and in understanding that, that we have, in this country at least, the freedom of power and uh, the freedom of choice. And a lot of people don't have that. So, so maybe what you're considering is, is, is fasting well, just doing without. That may not be a freedom of choice in somebody in another country. They, they don't have food. They may not have the things that you're having to sacrifice and, and do without. But don't you see where those things can also become a distraction? See, when there's fewer distractions, your attention span changes, doesn't it? Imagine you're at uh, dinner or you're, you're meeting with a, a friend and, and constantly they're, they're pulling out their phone and text messages and seeing if they should take that call or not. And w- We've all done it. Like, oh, you, I need to take this call. Do, do, do you mind? Oh, no, no, go ahead, right? I mean, imagine 10, 20 years ago, those kind of social graces. I mean, it'd be like, that'd be rude, right? I mean, to be interrupted the way that we allow, just in the last 10 years, what we've allowed to be commonplace that wasn't not, not a long time ago. You can see how things change, right? You know what? It's hard to hear from God when he doesn't have your full attention. And there's a lot of things that we allow to clutter up our life that we think we're managing just fine and it takes our attention away from him, he'll reveal those things to you, but he'll also prepare you for what you don't know you need to be prepared for. In the book of, um, Old Testament book of Daniel, there's multiple occasions recorded there during his captivity where he, he faced impossible demands, not humanly possible. Uh, just real, real quick, um, Nebuchadnezzar, he had a, uh, a very, very troubling dream. And he's got all the sorcerers and magicians and, and his wise men. And, and he tells them all, hey, I need an interpretation for this dream. I'm losing sleep. Well, Daniel is one of the wise men. And during captivity, they took like the best of the best. And, and he was good looking in, the, in, his, in his friends. And, and they were very easily quick learners and things like that. And he says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train them in the king's court. So anyway, he gathers them all together, and he says, you need to tell me um, the interpretation of the dream. 
And so and they all came before him and they said, okay, king, um, here we are, you know, just tell us to dream and we'll give you the interpretation. And he said, no, 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 not so fast. He says, you're just going to tell me what I want to hear. He says, but I want the truth. And he said, and to the one who interprets my dream, I'm going to reward them richly. And to anybody who doesn't, I'm going to cut them up in pieces and turn their homes into rubble. He was ruthless, right? So they're like, king, no one can do this. You have to tell us the dream so that we can interpret it. No one can tell you what your dream was and then interpret it. He's like, well, then you're all killed. He ordered everybody dead. So Daniel goes to his friends. He's like, hey, we've got to pray. (laughs) Our heads are on the chopping blocks. We've got to tell the king what his dream is and then interpret it. Well, they did just that. See, Daniel lived a fasted and prayerful lifestyle. We see that evidence in throughout Scripture. They prayed, and God, the Holy Spirit of truth, gave them, gave Daniel the dream and, of course, also the interpretation. Daniel didn't know he needed to be prepared. Now, you're going to be taken captive, and when you get there, you're going to have to tell some crazy stuff, and you're going to have to reveal people's dreams. No. But because of his lifestyle, he was prepared for it. And you know what? He gave God glory. He was never shaken. And he told, he told the king, he says, no wise man, no magician, no one could do what you're requesting. But God can, and he has. And in verse 22, he says this. He says, God reveals the deep and the hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. There was another occasion where Daniel was, uh, he was troubled. And um, needing an answer, it was, it was under a different king, uh, under King uh, Cyrus of Persia. And he wanted revelation of what was about to happen. And it was regarding the war, and I think it was in verse 2 of chapter 10. And it shows where he fasted and he's praying. He says, at the time I, Daniel, because much of Daniel reads kind of like a diary. He said, I mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, the eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like a gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Imagine that. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were around me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So get this. So Daniel, because he's been fasting for three weeks, he's living this lifestyle. He needs an answer, and he's seeking the Lord. And then the Lord shows up. An angel of the Lord, Gabriel, shows up, but only he can see it. Now, even to him in his own eyes, this is terrifying. A face like lightning, eyes like flames. I mean, that sounds like something out of a horror movie or something. Big giant. And the presence was so strong that those who couldn't see it hid in fear. A voice that sounds like a multitude. So every time he talked, everybody's like, whoa, thunder. They were scared. 
He said, so I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell in a deep sleep, my face to the ground. His hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, don't be afraid. Since the first day, now get this, I've been fasting for 21 days. He said, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Now, now get that. He needed an answer. He's been praying and fasting for 21 days. But the angel of the Lord says, from the first day, your answer was on the way. How many times have you like, wow, I'm just not getting an answer. I'm not getting an answer. Maybe not in your time frame, but the moment that he started praying, God sent the answer. And so often we discredit and we, we give up too, too soon. Fasting is a way of training your body and your mind to say, I'm not giving up no matter what. I have purpose to hear from God. I will hear from God. Your God loves you. If he cares for the birds in the air, how much more are you? How many scriptures do we have to read? Where, what are we concerned about? Why do, we, why do we worry about things? In the New Testament, Luke chapter 21, kind of describes the prophetic times that are linked to Daniel's end times prophecy. Jesus was asked about these things, and they were, they were saying, well, what, what's, when are these things going to happen? What signs should we be looking for, and how do we know this is going to take place? And Jesus told them to watch, just watch that you're not deceived. Don't watch for signs. Watch that you're not deceived. You're going to be persecuted because of my name. They hated me. They're going to hate you. In verse 14, Luke chapter 21, verse 14 and 15, Jesus says this, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. You know, they're all concerned, just like people are today. What's going to happen? What are we going to do? All this and this and that. He's like, make up your mind ahead of time not to worry about what you're going to do, what you're going to say, how you're going to defend yourselves during this persecution. He says, for I will give you the words and the wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Now, of course, there's nothing uh, wrong with being prepared or meditating on the word and knowing who you are in Christ and, and, and being prepared, as it says in First Peter um, chapter 3, you know, be prepared to give a, a reason as an answer to the hope, the reason for the hope that you have. Nothing wrong with that. But the point he's trying to make here is, is it's about fear-based. It's about don't be so worrisome about the end times and about what's going to happen that you've got to prepare I'm telling you what, if you try to prepare your canned answers for whatever, your apologetics or whatever, you're just going to be asked the question that you weren't prepared for. And, and he, he talks about some people are going to go before governors. They're going to be questioned to give an account for their faith. He's saying, don't worry about these things. If you'll walk in the Spirit, you'll have the answers of a fasted lifestyle, a prayerful lifestyle prepares you for what you don't need to be prepared for, so much so that you don't have to worry about these things. See, the spirit of truth remains in you. He'll make known to you the things that are not known. He'll speak the wisdom from God. In verse 15, 
he says, I will give you the words of wisdom. He's talking about future. He's talking about prophecy. He's saying, don't worry, I'll give you the words. Now, didn't Jesus say that the spirit of truth in chapter 16, John, that he'll not speak on his own. He'll speak what, the words that I give him. So we have the spirit of truth living in, in us. Jesus never failed. Jesus was, was never without an answer. We're not without an answer. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We're just not activating. We're not cooperating with the Holy Spirit. We're trying to live our lives and allowing these distractions and the deceits and the counterfeits um, actions of Satan to take and steal from us. Why should he allow, why should we allow any part to be taken from us, to be robbed of our life to the full, living in abundance? Why should we have less than the image of God walking in that less than that image? Why should we? We should not. We're going to receive communion now. It's the first Sunday of the month. If you guys would like to prepare your elements at home. If you don't have a, uh, uh, a cup, just go ahead and raise your, your hand and uh, we'll get you that. I would like one myself. Pastor Rosie up here front needs one. You know, Jesus... He told very plainly what was going to happen. People couldn't understand it. It didn't make sense to them. It didn't, uh, it didn't register to them. He predicted his, his death three times. They still didn't get it. But here we are, same Jesus was always preparing us. He was always trying to make things known to us, and he still does, and even more so because we have the Holy Spirit to understand these things. The Bible says it takes the Spirit to understand what is Spirit. In the words Jesus spoke, he says they're Spirit. A lot of people can't even understand. They can't comprehend. See, when you open up your spirit, you're able to understand that which is spiritual. And the things that were confusing become less confusing. And the things that you try to understand, you say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't even need to understand that. I trust God. People say, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't really care because I trust God. Whatever I have need of, it's already ahead of me. Whatever words I need to say or answer, he'll give them to me at that time. Now, there's things that we need to be prepared for, and we will, and we are. But what we're talking about is preparing our spirit, preparing for our lives instead of focusing on the things that are distracting from us. And fasting will help you do that. And when Jesus, he fasted, and on the, the night of his betrayal, you know, he took, he took the bread and he, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. All the promises that I've been telling you, I've been fulfilling them in, in person, but I've got more promises for you. This promise, this redemption, I'm paying the price for you. This is my body broken for you. And he gave thanks. And, and the juice, the wine, he said, this is my, my blood poured out for you. He says, this is how I'm going to fulfill the many things that I've told you. This is how the promise is going to come about. And he said, do this, and often as you do, remember me. He tells us to remember this. 
This, this means power. This is the fulfillment, because as we know, his, his body was buried. Next week, we're going we're gonna to celebrate a baptism, symbolic of being buried and then to life, because that's what Jesus did. And we identify that. And when we identify with his persecution, his crucifixion, and his resurrection, we partake in that also. So there's things that we're going to feel persecuted, not like Jesus. There's things in life that are going to be tough. None of it's tougher than what he went through. He took it all. He can surely empathize. He decided he loved us so much that he came down to be and live like one of us and endure everything that we complain about. He conquered it. And because he conquered it, we don't have to. We get victory. All we have to do is walk in the Spirit and walk in it. We don't need to be concerned about what's going to happen. We don't, we don't need to be like, oh, in fear. We can just confidently walk in what he's done. So we're going to bless these and we're going to take these together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us, demonstrating it, that while we were sinners, you sent your only son Jesus to die for us. And Jesus, we thank you for enduring the cross. We thank you for fulfilling everything, conquering sin in the flesh. And we just give you glory and we thank you and we bless these elements in your your name. Amen. Let's stand. And before we close... Let's open up our spirits. Let's begin practicing, preparing for what we're going to be doing this year. Let's give thanks. Let's just take a moment and let's just give God thanks. Lift up your hands. Let him see them. Let your neighbor see them. Be as bold as Daniel was in front of the windows, letting all the pagans see him. Praise God. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that we have this wonderful house to come and worship you in. We thank you for all of your provision. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We give you glory. We praise you. We're purposing this year to be more thankful, more grateful. We want to see the things that you have desired to manifest in our lives. We want to see the miracles we speak by faith. All to your glory. We're going to see these things. We're going to see the size of the the church double because of, of people coming in that see the light, the troubled people that are living in darkness. Thank you, Father, for preparing us. But we're going to prepare our hearts. We're preparing ourselves. We're purposing. And beginning on the 10th, we're purposing. It's strategic. It's, it's planned. It's purposed that we're going to serve you, but we want to become to a heightened awareness of what it means to walk in your spirit constantly, daily. We know that you don't want to leave a single moment unattended without communion with us, and you made it possible, so we're going to walk in it. We give you glory. We thank you for your word this morning, Father, and we just call everybody here blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God. Say hello to my mother.